the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Thursday morning. We're so glad that you are tuning your heart to the truth on Wake Up. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Alicia Quibido and Damian Collado. Hey, guys, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Okay. Happy Groundhog's Day. That's right. Woohoo! Six That's more right. weeks of winter. How do you know <laughs> that? Okay. You found that out? Because already? I watched it this morning. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, he made his prediction, 6.30. I didn't hear. Uh, <laughs> and they I, knocked on his little door. Yeah, I know. And he uh, came out. <laughs> he did, huh? So he saw a shadow? Okay. Well, I'm glad yeah, we don't I mean, live up north. The no kidding, right? I, I, I haven't got word yet on P, Pierre C. Shadow out of New Iberia, the Nutria. So that's going to be a little later. Uh, that that's should be coming can... soon. Okay. Uh, and so when well, we maybe... get that, we'll pass it on. There you go. That's a good idea because we we actually have winter a little bit today, kind of. Yeah. Louisiana winter. Yeah. So. Hey, today Man. is the feast of the presentation of our Lord, in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Almighty ever-living God, we humbly implore, implore your majesty that just as your only begotten son was presented on this day in the temple in the substance of our flesh, so by your grace we may be presented to you with minds made pure. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your son, who lives and reigns in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, we have a wonderful show for you today, starting off with Bishop Michael Duca. He's the Bishop of the Diocese of Baton Rouge, and today he joins us to give us a gospel reflection and also an update on what is happening in the Diocese of Baton Rouge. So it's always a good time to talk to Bishop Duca. I actually saw him at the Wine Conference, and he is always looking forward to joining us on the morning show. In 35 minutes, David Dawson Jr. joins us. He's the director of the Office of Parish Support for the Diocese of Homo Thibodeau. And every Thursday, he talks about marriage and family life and how we can spend more time with our spouse and our family. Well, today we're going to talk about board games, you guys. <laughs> Takes me back to Monopoly and all the other board games that we played with our family. Good times and not so good times. But looking back, it's just, it was all a good time. So maybe in that moment when you were the first person like me to uh, get eliminated from Monopoly, it was not always a good time, but great family time. And in 48 minutes, Shelly Melton joins us. She's a development director with Woman's New Life Clinic, and she is going to update us. But uh, yeah, Damien, Punxsutawney Phil, six more weeks of winter. I always feel bad because he looks so warm and cozy in his little home, and they take him out and yeah. raise him up. Everyone cheers, and he makes his little prediction. I so yeah, six more it. weeks of I winter. I think he, they purposely make sure he sees his shadow every every year. I don't. I don't he trust those. Way, I don't trust it? those people up north. <laughs> That's why I rely on it's on the Nutra. Of course, 
It, it's funny. Louisiana's got like three different nutra that they do that with. You know, they got Parrish at the Audubon Zoo, and they also okay. have Beignet. And uh, Beignet, if he sees Aww. his shadow, we won't have a bad hurricane season. Just wanted oh, to share well, that with you. We want him to see his shadow. So we hope Beignet sees it. Down in Homa, they have Kloss and the Crawfish. God help him. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, we got rain on the way just for today. Once it gets through, we're going to have cooler temperatures. Uh, initially, they were saying we were going to have heavy thunderstorms. Yes. Man, we might get a half inch at best, which is good. We yes. don't need heavy rains right now. 60% chance winds out of the east-northeast at 10 miles an hour. And uh, highs are going to be uh, maybe in the 60s. It'll be interesting to see if it gets that, that cool. Um, but otherwise, come tomorrow, sunny skies all the way through Monday. Uh, temperatures in and around the area. Everybody pretty much reporting 57 degrees except Baton Rouge. It's 47. And we have more coming your way on Wake Up. A blessed feast of the presentation of the Lord. I'm Father Chris Decker, and today's gospel comes to us from Luke chapter 2. When the days were completed for their purification according to the law of Moses, Mary and Joseph took Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Just as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that opens the womb shall be consecrated to the Lord, and to offer the sacrifice of a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons in accordance with the dictate in the law of the Lord. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, awaiting the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Christ of the Lord. He came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform the custom of the law in regard to him, he took him into his arms and blessed God, saying, Now, Master, you may let your servant go in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all the peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles, and glory for your people Israel. The child's father and mother were amazed at what was said about him, and Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be contradicted. And you yourself a sword will pierce, so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived seven years with her husband after her marriage, and then as a widow until she was eighty-four. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day with fasting and prayer. And coming forward at that very time, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were awaiting the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had fulfilled all the prescriptions of the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Thank you, Father Chris Decker, for today's Gospel Tonight Past the Hour on Wake Up. Bishop Michael Duca joins us. He's a bishop of the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Good morning, Bishop Duca. Good morning. It's great to Good have you with you us today. today. And and we always look forward to hearing your gospel reflection on today's reading. So it's a, it's a very important one, the presentation of the Lord. Tell us your thoughts on today's reading. Well, obviously, the, the parents of Jesus are fulfilling their their role as parents um, in the Jewish faith, presenting their child uh, at the temple using a small offering uh, that kind of denotes their the state of life. They're not very rich. You know, you, a very rich person might come in and 
put a big bull up there or something, but for them it's just some turtle doves. And, uh, but to me, when I look at this reading, I always think really of, tell you the truth, of, of my baptism, of our baptisms. It was my baptism for sure because it was my parents who brought me to the church for baptism. Um, I think there's many ways in which we can kind of reflect upon this uh, as how we continue this kind of process of offering a child to God. Um, now, when we offer a child to God, we're not, we're not going to leave a child at the church, obviously, but when we bring our child for baptism, when I was brought for baptism, I was, through baptism, connected into this relationship with God through Jesus Christ. I would think about that. You know, our relationship, we're, we're in a relationship with God when we're born because we are, God, nothing can be sustained in life unless some connection with God. But in baptism, we are connected with God through Jesus Christ. God no longer is something vague to us. Now God, we know who God is. God is Jesus. He, he showed us who the Father is. God is love, brings forgiveness of our sins, whose resurrection promises us, if we're faithful with him, eternal life with him. And so we're initiated into this great, very concrete, beautiful relationship with the Lord into his dying and his rising. And, uh, and so when I see Mary and Joseph bringing the child to the temple, I think of my parents bringing me for baptism. And then I had been dedicated to the Lord. And that hopefully I grew in wisdom, as Jesus did, grew in wisdom and strength uh, through the guidance of his parents and the oversight of his parents and came to know and came to be that full reflection of God in his life. Of course, for him, he was God. He was, he was coming into the full stature of his revealing himself as the full Messiah, the, the, the word of God made flesh, one who would bring salvation and forgiveness of our sins and save us from death. And so I, I always think about that. And I always think about my parents, too, you know, my mother, you know. Mm-hmm. I, because I don't think the priest told her, you know, uh, that this child will be the cause of many arrows or many swords in your heart, you know. But at the same time, I, I guess I did cause my parents some tribulation from time to time. And, and there was some suffering involved. They had a sacrifice for me to grow in, as well and grow in that wisdom and strength. They helped my education, Catholic education. And so I think I really think about this more in, in that way as well. I think also the, of the two priests there who were waiting, well, Anna, or the priest, but also Anna, who were there who dedicated their lives in anticipation and preparation. Um, and I think of all the priests that were there at the church. The, the church was there. The temple was prepared. There was a place for me to go and be offered, a place for me to continue to worship and grow. Uh, and so I just think today, if you reflect upon this action, think of our own dedication to the Lord in, uh, in baptism, that we were brought to the Lord. Or maybe we brought ourselves in some way that we became a Catholic as an adult. But as children, we were brought to the Lord, I was, for baptism, and that uh, we are called to uh, offer ourselves to the Father just as Jesus offers himself to the Father in our chosen vocation, mm-hmm. in our faithfulness of living as disciples in the Lord. And there'll be some suffering along the way. Uh, I also um, love that um, uh, the fact that Mary has these um, swords that were going to pierce her heart. And um, mm-hmm. I, I think that uh, she became more aware of what it meant to be a mother of the Savior at that point, and uh, treasure those things in her heart. So I ask, you know, that's, that's where my thoughts go today as I read this reading. Um, and we'll think about my baptism today and also how well have I lived up to my dedication to the Lord and my faithfulness to being his disciple in the world.
And I thank my parents. I have forever my thanks for my parents for bringing me up in the faith, for bringing me to the church that day so that I might come to know Christ and receive the benefits of being connected with him uh, through my baptism. And ultimately, I hope in, if I live a good life, hopefully with, with him in my dying and rising with him to new life and eternal life in heaven. So that's Most definitely. Well, and while you were speaking, I was reflecting on my own baptism. Of course, the pictures of my own baptism, but mainly my son's <laughs> baptism, uh, <laughs> and and that beautiful moment. And I'm also thinking of those who will be baptized in a short amount of time, just a few weeks away, and those who are preparing for that sacrament, as, as well as many others as well. But we're going to continue this conversation with Bishop Michael Duca. Damien will be asking him questions and updates from the Diocese of Baton Rouge. So stay with us. It is 15 past the hour on Wake Up. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for February 2nd. Today we celebrate the presentation of the Lord. Forty days ago, we celebrated the birth of Jesus. Today, we mark the presentation of the infant Jesus in the temple. According to Mosaic Law, a woman was considered ritually unclean for 40 days following childbirth. At that point, she was expected to present herself to the priests at the temple and offer sacrifice to mark her purification. Actually, anyone who had brushed against mystery, birth or death, was similarly excluded from Jewish worship. Today's feast is as much a celebration of Jesus' first appearance in the temple as Mary's purification. In Luke's Gospel, Jesus was welcomed in the temple by Simeon and Anna, who acknowledged the infant as the long-awaited Messiah. From what we know, the Feast of the Presentation was observed in the Western Church as early as the end of the 4th century, though likely much earlier when gala processions recalled the introduction of Christ into the house of God. In the early 8th century, Pope Sergius inaugurated a candlelight procession as part of the observance. At the end of the same century, the blessing and distribution of candles became part of the celebration, giving the feast its popular name, Candlemas. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. Happy Thursday morning, everyone. 19 after the hour on Wake Up. So glad you could join us. And with us is Bishop Michael Duca, Bishop of the Diocese of Baton Rouge. And we're continuing our conversation with him. Bishop, is it true you saw your shadow this morning and we have three more weeks of ordinary time? <laughs> you, well, you, you know what? I can tell you exactly true. I, that's exactly what happened this morning. <laughs> I'm not touching the weather around here. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> you, 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 you'll never be right. Trust me. I do the weather, yeah, and I, my, I, I, I can tell you exactly. I can give exact predictions on that one. There you go. There you go. I, I do want to get your comments before we jump into a number of uh, things going on in the diocese. Uh, newly appointed Bishop Mario Dorsonville uh, for the Homa Thibodeau uh, area. Tell us, uh, you, have you ever met him, or will, will you be meeting him soon? I've not met him. Okay. Um, I'll be meeting him soon. You know, obviously at this time he's going back and forth a lot, so um, I don't know if he'll show up at any of our meetings until he's actually installed. Uh -huh. But uh, yeah, it was a surprise. I would have not met him, 
if, if I have, it's only been a passing handshake or something at one of our meetings. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, uh, well, we'll be getting, uh, we, as Bishop Sue, will be getting to know him just like the people will in Homo Thibodeau. Yeah. And so he's got quite an impressive uh, curriculum vitae and extensive kind of experiences internationally and, and in the United States. And so I think he'll be a great addition. Some of those things he has in his dossier seem to go towards management and also um, some things about handling uh, the kind of financial responsibility he's yeah. going to be facing there uh, he, in the diocese. You know, I just finished reading the book on uh, Bishop uh, Philip Hannon, and uh, it, it's interesting because he came from the Washington, D.C. diocese, too, just weeks after Hurricane Betsy back in 1965. I don't think we've had a bishop come from Washington, D.C. Uh, until now. Then. Wow. And so wow. I find the connection interesting. True. Has nothing yeah. to do with me reading the book, other than me picking up that little tidbit of information. Uh, okay, moving on. I, you know, I'm always going to ask you about vocations. How are we doing in the diocese? And give us an update because I know Father Joshua Johnson. He is he is got it on fire right now. We do. We uh, the best, biggest blessing this year. We have two ordinations of the priesthood this year, which is uh, going to be a great blessing for us. And I think, Josh, it's hard to deal with numbers, but Josh has a nice little cohort of at least three, I think, maybe more than that, coming in this, this year in our, into our seminary system. And so uh, becoming seminarians, there may be more before it's all over, but it's still a little early. Um, and so uh, we're still, uh, we still need more seminarians, as, as everybody does. Mm-hmm. But I have to tell you, the quality of our seminarians right now, I'm very proud of. And that's going to be the key point, because... Uh, seminarians coming out today will be faced with a very big responsibility uh, given the lower numbers of priests and some retiring priests, but also we'll be facing what we all face is the kind of the ongoing secularization of the world, which will mm-hmm. make it even more challenging for them. Mm-hmm. And so we need young men that are going to be really strong in the faith, but also have uh, the kind of skills to negotiate the, yeah. the challenges of living in the world today. So. We have a very strong group coming up, and the two guys coming out. In fact, I have to tell you, these these two young men have uh, <clears throat> they spent their Christmas vacation in a Spanish uh, immersion program, wow. um, and so they uh, are dedicated to not only ministering, but they're proactively trying to increase their skills, at least in Spanish for sure, mm-hmm. uh, to be able to minister to the people of the diocese. So. That tells me a lot about these two men being ordained. And so I, I'm looking forward to that. And Josh, you're right. Josh is really out there in so many ways um, uh, stirring up uh, the Holy Spirit. And I think the fruit of his work will continue to show over the next few years and uh, yes. build us up a very good cohort of seminarians. Yeah, he's he's so planting like, oh, the seeds oh, oh. early. You know, I love that little program he has with, I guess it's fifth to eighth graders even, and their dads come in and hear, just hear talking the importance of, of yeah. the priesthood. Not, you know, not strong-arming anyone, but just making sure they discern properly at, a, at a, even a younger yeah, age, yeah, which yeah, is yeah, nice. Yeah, 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 they've worked out well. Yeah, and um, by the way, the two men uh, that are going to become priests, who are they? What, just for our listeners. Oh, God. I knew you were going to Right. I, as I'm talking, I'm thinking, oh, gosh, I can't forget the name. And I know this is terrible. I am horrible with names. That's okay. Uh, and um, 
I'll, I tell you, I can't get on my phone to check it out because it's on the phone. It's a, <laughs> oh, <laughs> so. We can mention them later. That's right. don't, don't worry about okay, that. All right. We'll, yeah, we'll check yeah. Right. But, because I, I, we, we are, we're short on time, so I want to make sure we get everything in. Uh, Eucharistic Revival, that's underway. You kicked it off with uh, Eucharistic Procession uh, on Corpus Christi last year. We're seven months into it. You're doing your part, uh, having holy hours throughout the diocese. I know you have some coming up. Uh, St. Margaret, Queen of Scotland, you're going to be there at 6 p.m. on February 28th. Then on the That's 8th right. of March, St. John the Evangelist and Zachary. Then you head over to uh, St. Catherine, Siena, and Donaldsonville on the 15th of March. So uh, how's that going, and, and what are your impressions? Because it's going to really start to get into the parish level for the lay people, uh, uh, Corpus Christi this year, right? Oh, yes, yes, that's right, in, in so many ways. We're, we are um, doing, we decided that I would be leading Holy Hours throughout all the deaneries, and two or three in the Baton Rouge deanery. And uh, because I do confirmations during this time leading up to Lent, I can't do it right now, but during Lent we're going to do one, as you said, most every week of Lent. And they've been really well-received, and people are very, um, are, are um, finding them uh, moments of great prayer and and also building community around prayer. You know, we build community in many ways. Mm-hmm. People think today you build it mainly through, you know, doing things together in terms of activity, but also, you know, the Eucharist and praying together, uh, they they build community in a, in a much more profound way. And so um, I they've been very successful, I can, that's all I can say. And so um, a lot of our parishes are starting to have Eucharistic processions or have them planned. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the future. And so I think all of that is raising some awareness uh, of the Eucharist in our lives and also drawing people together around the Eucharist. So um, I think it's been a great beginning. We have more things to do, but um, those are in place for, at least for between now and Easter. And so we'll continue that on. And I would probably, we may end up doing it yearly because it's such a great Yeah, I like way the idea. Bringing people together. If it's not a burden yeah, on yeah, you because. I know you're busy. You got confirmations uh, throughout the year as well. So I know you have a lot on your plate. But, but I think it's special when you show up at a church parish and, and spend an hour in in, in prayer and and just. Uh, the, I know the lay people really appreciate that, and they see the importance of the Eucharist because that's the whole purpose of the Eucharistic revival. It's not a renewal of sorts. It's it's a bringing uh, Christ to one's heart again, and the whole reason was. You bishops throughout the United States saw that the 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 Catholic uh, folks uh, didn't believe that the Eucharist was real, and at least only thirty percent did. So I hope this is a good awakening. I'm sure it will be. I'm sure it will be. Okay. And I, I, I got you here. Our two seminarians <laughs> that will be ordained will be Deacon Albert Blount and Deacon Joseph Brezoar. There so we go. One, one yeah. comes from Christ the King, LSU, and one from St. Teresa of Avila and Gonzalez. Okay, so, um, good. Uh, two, two good church parishes, that's for mm-hmm. sure, in the Baton Rouge oh, yeah, Diocese. Very good, very so what good. else is happening yeah. in the diocese before we wrap up this morning, uh, Bishop Duca? Well, i tell you what, let me go backwards to the things we've missed. Going forward, of course, we're coming into Lent, right of election, and those things that happen during Lent leading mm-hmm. up to Easter. But uh, we also have had, uh, we celebrated, of course, the... Vietnamese New Year, the the, the uh, the uh, year of rabbit. Year of, uh, 
Yeah, you're the rabbit. That's right. It was a great celebration there. I always enjoyed doing that. Uh, we also had uh, a business retreat, which was uh, in January, January 9th to 12th, with Bishop Sarton. That was a wonderful experience for us as bishops. Um, we also um, uh, had, uh, I'm trying to think, of, there's something else here we had that I wanted to say. Oh, well, this week. This week is Catholic School Week. Yes. We have all kinds of celebrations going on throughout the diocese. We're going to have actually here at the diocese. Uh, center on Friday, a kind of showcase of, cho- of youth, of art, music, uh, and different um, kinds of uh, displays about Catholic schools and our students uh, here at the center. In fact, that morning at Mass, my morning Mass, which I, which I celebrate and broadcast at 8 o'clock in the morning, we have a choir of 44 kids coming. Nice. And uh, from Tankerville, St. Francis, and they're going to come in, no, St. Elizabeth, and they're going to sing at the Mass and and sing, also sing over at the um, at the, uh, the showcase we have over the center, as well as the jazz band from St. Michael's. I love that band. They have a oh, great band awesome. at well, St. Michael's High School. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so that's that's great entertainment. That's going to be at the Catholic Life Center? Right. Okay. Um, Saturday, Friday morning. Tomorrow morning. And okay. then I'm also, I'm also in confirmation. Right now I'm in confirmations up until, uh, well, the week, the Friday before Mardi Gras week. Wow. <laughs> everything shuts down. Everything stops kind of uh, <laughs> that weekend you know, into Mardi Gras. Yeah. Well, Bishop Michael Duca, thank you so much for being with us as always on Wake Up. We love having you and we're always praying for you. Uh, can you leave us with a quick blessing in the last 15 sure seconds? Can. Loving God, we send, bless, what, bless us this day that we might be truly an instrument of your love in the world. Give us your confidence of your love for us, and may we share that love with others. May God's blessing send us forth, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Bishop. It's 35 minutes after the hour. You're tuning your heart to the truth on Catholic Community Radio. I'm Alicia Quibido with Gabby Smith and Damian Collado. We're joined this morning by David Dawson, Jr. He is the director of the Office of Parish Support for the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau. Good morning, Dave. Good morning. How are we doing? Great. How about you? Good, good. I'm sure everyone in the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau is thrilled to have a bishop Yes, absolutely. We're so fired up. We had a great, great day yesterday. Wonderful, wonderful. So do you know when he'll be officially in the office and everybody can line up at his door to ask the gazillion of questions I'm sure that you all have for him? Well, we've already kind of started a little bit, uh, but he'll, <laughs> technically won't be here until about the week before his installation, which will be the end of March. Okay. But, uh, you know, every every time he's here, we're, we're bombarding him. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I yeah. hear that he's afraid of alligators, so don't do not do too many alligator That's jokes right. with him. All right. Well, Dave, <laughs> he's got plenty of them. Right? I bet. I bet. <laughs> well, David, your, your topic this morning is intriguing. Damien can't wait to hear more about board games. <laughs> Yeah, so this is one of those things that uh, we we do a lot of here in our family. I know a lot of families who do, um, and in source we grew up, you know, with with a good bit as well. But mm-hmm. I think uh, one of the things that I've discovered is that it ends up being for me a great way to spend quality time uh, with the kids uh, over over you know more than just a few minutes, right. and it gives me a chance to do something that's fun, and it gives them a chance to get access. 
to me having fun with them uh, in a way that they know that I'm also enjoying. I'm not just kind of patronizing whatever it is that they're doing, which is important at times, you know, for me to get into what they're doing. But this is something that we can enjoy together. Right. Uh, but there's also lots of opportunities just for, for kind of human, you know, uh, interaction development skills, yes. uh, just to kind of help them with learning how to um, learning how to, to interact with each other in, in, in different contexts and, and, and relational mm-hmm. circumstances in ways that otherwise, you know, it's harder to come by. And where I can be there and help them work through those things that, you know, as they're growing, what does it feel like to be uh, losing? You know, <laughs> what does right. it feel like to be winning? Uh, to feel the competitive juice is flowing or to not care, you know, to have fun with something to be peace. What does it feel like to just belly laugh, you know, when things are going crazy with each other? And uh, yes. those are the opportunities I think that come up all the time when we're playing games together. That's great. We we used to have a, um, a, a go fish game that was color. So it was like a Crayola, Crayola go fish game. So even when our son was about two, we could play it. So our daughter was six. It was just hard to play. We could play games with her, board games. Um, but it was a little bit more right. difficult with a little toddler. But he loved That's playing right. that go fish game with the colors. And we yeah. laughed. We have really? so many fun memories about I, playing go that game. Go fish is a card game. Go though. fish it's a card game, but it was color. Yeah. So it's like, do uh-huh. you have Robin's Egg Blue? Oh, <laughs> okay. You a little, a little ever, you know, yeah. Yes. And yeah. so do you have Fire Truck Red? Whatever it might be. Well, and um You yeah. still have those board games? We do. We yeah. do. We have board games and we do play yeah. board games. And Dave, you're exactly right. It, you know, it's so easy to, uh, you know, pop in a movie and have a movie night with your kids. Yeah. But to sit down and play a game with them, um, and especially when they're little, to learn those lessons of losing and to be a gracious yeah. winner is, is something mm-hmm. that I think right. lots of us could, could do a little bit better at, right? For sure. Absolutely. And, and, and that's one of the things we have to really hard point is like why are we playing this what's the point uh it's a blast and we're, we're we're working hard at a puzzle you know trying to beat each other sometimes there's team games but either way just to focus and i have to say it a lot you know what, what's the point of this why are we doing this we're having a good time yeah. and another another benefit is that i mean you talk about like just brain development too uh i think right. critical thinking and mm-hmm. strategizing each game has a, a different you know something that it develops for them and that is what i found for me as a dad to watch them uh, develop because they want to, you know, like that has been and, and something that's other than video games or movies or something like that, or just a set curriculum, like for them to have fun and to watch them develop uh, and, and grow in their ability to critically think through different situations and problems has been so cool. That's... Uh, so it's been a blast. But as far as like the developmentally, you know, you got, we got, to- I mean, we got toddlers, we got infants all the way up to a 14 year old. Right. And so, uh, you know, and everything in between. And so what we have found is that a wide variety, like it's been a great investment for us to get a wide variety of games. So what we've got, I mean, over time we've collected a number of things for, for the littles that they can do that they really enjoy themselves. Mm-hmm. And then also that like we've got stuff that they can all play, like you were saying. And then we've got stuff for the older ones to really be challenged by and have a good time with. And so at this point we've got a closet full, which for me has been one of the greatest investments. Uh, awesome. I can, you know, with the little ones can say, hey, can we play something? Absolutely. Hey, I want to play with, you know, the, the, the 12-year-old. So we got something for that too. Or the big ones, you know, the little ones are napping. I'm like, hey, go pick a game. Go pick yes. something. Whatever it is you want to do, let's do it. And it's going to take us an hour, you know, because you're going to get that, that, you know, pull out risk or something like that. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. Risk. Right. Well, and <laughs> no. the, I, I know the thing was when my kids were, are, since they're older, sometimes it's, can we play Monopoly? I was like, do we have four hours? You know, it's like there are some games right. that, yeah. you know, you can pull out <laughs> Candyland and fit that into before the, you know, before you have to 
start preparing dinner or whatever. There are some games yeah. uh, that you can do that, that move quickly. And then other right. games you have to set up on a table that no one's going to touch. So you can go back to it later, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, and it's, I think, like I said, the variety of things, too, is how long is this going to take? So we've got some of the older kids' games. It's like, all right, how, how long do we have? All right, we've got 20 minutes. Go pull that one. Yes. We've got 45 minutes. Go pull that one. You know, yeah. Right, right. That's can, can I ask a quick question? Because, sure. Dave, you've got them at all ages. And, and uh, my grandson, we play board games because uh, I want to teach them that type of stuff as well. Anyway, uh, but his little sister, who's only three, uh, sweet as can be, but wants to get in the middle of the oh, sure. game while yeah. we're Absolutely. playing. Absolutely. And, yeah. it, and mm. you can't blame them. But they kind of want to destroy all. everything that's right. on the board, <laughs> and so you got to be prepared, yes. and 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 yeah. you don't want to get upset because then it screws everything up for everybody. Right. You know where right, I'm coming right, from. Right. So that's right. Absolutely. The one no, thing, there's strategies for that. What? Yes. Uh, yeah, share strategies. I, I have mine, but I want to yeah. hear from you. What's a good strategy yes. for the little one to be there? Because I know what works. Yep at least for for mm-hmm. my two grandkids mm-hmm. but maybe well, others you know rather than yeah. just give up share right. with them a good strategy right. to where the three-year-old yeah. could play with the six even though she doesn't have right. any idea what's going on mm-hmm. that's right yeah i think the, one of the few things one is teams right so i'll be like hey you're on my team. and they always mm-hmm. gonna be on that that may mean that you know I've got a, I've got a, you know, I may, I may be losing this game in a way that I'd rather be winning, but you know, that's, that's sometimes it's a sacrifice to be able to play at all with the little ones. Like, right. You're on my team. Right. You get to roll the dice whenever it's my turn. So yes. to be able to roll the dice, you know, is a huge thing. You get to pull the card and show it to me. Uh, you get to sit here. Look, you hold these cards. Damn. Don't let anybody see them, you know, or like pull some extra game pieces and say, all right, just for a little bit, we got a two-year-old. You get to hold this card. She gets to hold the two of clubs. So we know that that's not a part of the game anymore. So you just got to deal with it, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. That's smart. Like, all right, your turn. And she puts it down. Oh, you win. And she gets it back again, you know. So it's, uh, <laughs> that's great. It's, it's as long as they feel like they can hold something or do something, that's, that's usually a win. And, you know, I think games are something that it doesn't matter how old your children are. I mean, as far as uh, aging out, even uh, college kids coming home, it's so much fun to sit around the table. We played so many games um, at Christmas with with everybody from my mom down to my son who's the yeah. youngest of the of the family um and it was, we actually learned a new game this this year oh yeah boo ray um no we've been we've been to <laughs> we did that when we were little too uh, yeah you were uh, raised so, doing that wow. yeah oh right right we were raised doing that we also play a lot of pounce at our house good card games oh, card I games are so easy yeah. because you can easy pick them yeah. up off the kitchen table uh to That's have right. a meal and um so what are some of the favorite games in the Dawson household. Yeah, so of course we got all the card games and I love teaching them all the different card games so they can play with the grandmother and stuff like that. Um, but we've got, I mean, Risk is a fun one. Uh, it seems like it's complicated, but it's really not. I mean, the little ones can figure it out. We got our five-year-olds can figure that one out pretty quick. Yeah. Um, a fun one for the older ones is Pandemic or okay. Ticket to Ride, you know, these kind of map games where you, you strategize and these kind of things. Okay. Uh, the little ones, you know, they've actually got Trivial Pursuits that's got like adult questions and kid questions. Yes. Uh, yeah, so those have all. been a huge help. Those are get the little awesome. ones involved. How many how many horns does the triceratops have and that kind of thing. Yes. Um, so those have been a huge a huge plus. Chess, honestly, chess seems like it's a it's a smart person's game, and of course it is. Uh, <laughs> but once the littles figure out how to move the pieces, it doesn't take them very long. Like they can learn at a very young age. That's and awesome. uh, you talk about developing 
you know, spatial relational and oh, just yeah. strategies. Thank you. These kids pick it up quick. And that's I tell awesome. you what, they can whip me pretty quick. Ah, that's great. <laughs> Dave Dawson, Jr., Director of the Office of Parish Support at the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Check out the diocese at htdiocese.org. We'll be back after the break with Shelly Melton. She is the Director of Development for Women's New Life Clinic. It's 15 minutes before the hour on Wake Up. It is 48 past the hour. You're tuning your heart to the truth on Wake Up This Morning. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Alicia Quivido and Damian Colado. Our next guest is Shelly Melton. Shelly is a development director with Woman's New Life Clinic. And today she joins us to give us an update of the wonderful things happening over at Woman's New Life Clinic. Hey, Shelly, good morning. Thanks for being with us today. Hi, good morning. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Development director for Women's New Life Clinic. I bet you are constantly busy. Yes, and you guys do such a great job, Shelly. And let's talk about what's going on as far as fundraisers go for Women's New Life Clinic. And that is the Born to Run New Orleans, which is so much fun. Tell our listeners a little bit about this wonderful event. Yes, it is so much fun. Mark your calendar for this wonderful family-friendly event. Our upcoming Born to Run New Orleans 5K and Half Mile Fun Run will be on Saturday, March 25th at the New Orleans Lakefront at Shelter One. We are so grateful to our presenting sponsor, Miguel Elias APLC, for helping make this event possible. This year's Born to Run will actually fall on Women's New Life Clinic's 22nd anniversary on March 25th. And since it's the Feast of the Annunciation, we will begin our event with Mass at 7 a.m. for all participants. The Half Mile Fun Run will start at 8.30 a.m. And the 5K will start at 9. And after the races, we invite everyone to come out to the birthday party, which we will have food, music, and fun for the whole family. It sounds like a great day. It does sound like a great day. So will the mass also be at the lakefront location? Yes, it's going to be at Shelter One at the starting line at 7 My goodness. We, so my family and I, we did this. I love that. So we did this last year and... I was the only one that that struggled. My family just like <laughs> zipped right on by. They had to come back and make sure I was okay because we did the 5K. But after the I'm birthday walker, party was so, so much fun. Well, Shelly, yes, you and I can walk and, <laughs> and everyone else can yes, run. <laughs> I know, as everyone else zips on by. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, tell us, Shelly, there, there are so many things happening at Woman's New Life Clinic. Of course, we can't, uh, you know, not talk about what's going on in our country right now as far as abortion. There's so much tension and it feels like it's just one bill away from making abortion legal again in certain states. Some states that we thought were pro-life have turned to legal abortion once again. So it's it's really disheartening to see certain situations. Yeah. But the state of Louisiana is quite mm-hmm. unique. So are abortions still prevalent in this state, even though they are la- largely illegal? Yes. Women are still able to order the abortion pill online for delivery to their homes, even though it is illegal. 
Also, women will sometimes travel to a state with an active abortion clinic. There will always be women who need help with unplanned pregnancies, regardless of the law. The need to support women in unplanned pregnancies, as you know, is as important as ever. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Um, you know, that's something that's quite, there's nothing we can do from stopping uh, someone ordering an abortion pill through the mail. No, there is no way to stopping that, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Well, so, tell us, you know, that's why organizations like yours, Women's New Life Clinic, is so important. Um, and tell us, you know, with the Born to Run and a way for us to help the pro-life community, tell us why this Born to Run is so important and different this year. Well, I'm glad you asked that question. We have a great need right now. In 2022, well over 4,000 women called Women's New Life Clinic. 4,000 women. 616 women received free ultrasounds at our clinics. 241 professional counseling appointments offering healing for past abortion, unplanned pregnancy, Mm -hmm. pregnancy loss, and postpartum depression. 119 women changed their minds from abortion to life after visiting mm. Women's New Life Clinics. And that is a conservative count of, the, of those that we can confirm. There are likely many, many more. And this one here, mm. this is mind-blowing. We were able to give away nearly $40,000 in material support to mothers in need, such as diapers, wipes, car seats, car seats pack and plays. The funds raised wow. this year through Born to Run will allow us to continue providing these much-needed support services. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and Shelly, you know, those items are can be quite expensive. You know, car seats, of course, diapers, yeah. uh, baby formula, you and know, all of that as well. It does. It absolutely does. And it helps a lot of women as well. So tell us, how can listeners help? Um, Is there a deadline to register for the Born to Run in New Orleans? And where can they go to find out more information about Women's New Life Clinic? Yes, Born to Run New Orleans registration, registration is now open. So go and sign up. Both the half mile and the 5K are open to runners and walkers of all ages and skill levels such as myself and you, Saturday, March 25th, 2023. It's going to be at the New Orleans Lakefront, Shelter One. Registration is available at www.womensnewlife.com backslash born to run. We have an early bird special um, that ends on February 17th, so go ahead and register before that. Um, But registration will be open online until March 1. Thank you so much, Shelly Milton, Development Director over at Women's New Life Clinic. Thank you so much, Shelly, for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And we can't wait to see everyone out at Born to Run on March 25th. Most definitely. My goodness. And this is a fun event for all ages. You know, I see women in strollers. I actually, my first Born to Run was you know, putting my son in a stroller and, and us also doing the uh, 5K. So, uh, of course, I kind of like walked it, but it, you know, people of all different fitness levels, mm-hmm. ages, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's a definitely a fun filled event. So, I highly recommend definitely check that out, womansnewlife.com. Very much so. You know, something else fun coming up 
Advent at Sea 2023, check out ccmedia.live right on the homepage to find out information about how you can join us uh, on uh, on our Caribbean cruise with Father Chris Tucker. Yeah. Yep. And by the way, we all know, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, today is the feast day of the presentation of the Lord. It's also known as Candle Mass. Did y'all, y'all remember that? Mm-hmm. I yeah. did not remember yeah. that. Candles are blessed on this day mm-hmm. in commemoration of the words of Holy Simeon uh, concerning Christ. He said, a light to the revelation of the Gentiles. Yes. Yes. Yep. So that's why they bless Beautiful. candles on this particular day. Cool. Oh, so let's all be the light of the world yeah. and spread it and spread the word of God. In fact, our prayer, as a matter of fact, is related to that. Are y'all ready? Ready. Let's do yes. it. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Lord, I open my heart to receive the power of your spirit flowing from your heart into mine. I wish to carry it as a light from my heart to my family, to my friends, and to the weak and empty of heart. With the fire of your love in me, I want to acknowledge you as true light and as the glory and splendor of every human person. I long to be filled with a consuming love for you. Jesus, I trust in you. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. 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 Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you back here tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central. We have Eric Miller with the Knights of Columbus. He'll update us on what is going on for the month of February. Father Thomas Morrow joins us to talk about his book called Straight to Heaven. Jeff Young, the Catholic foodie, joins us. And of course, Terry Dixon talks about what you'll find in this week's issue in the Diocese of Biloxi's Gulf Pine Catholic newspaper. Have a wonderful Thursday. God bless. is a production of Catholic Community Media.